This is 107.3 FM, Siren FM. In the next 30 minutes, you will hear. You will hear. Blair said when he was in power, education, education, education three times. Tuesday, 7.40am, exercise, breakfast, porridge. People are saying, oh, you do nothing with your life, you're scratching off benefits. Don't know whether it's actually bone idle or it, it is incentive drop. Yeah, I think Britain's very lazy. Nobody wants to do anything. I'd never work again. I'd want to be somewhere on a beach. Check your emails, coffee, commute to Lincoln, meet a friend, more coffee. Real questions, real answers, fun but answers. I don't. Real questions, real answers, bone idle. Is Britain getting lazy? Are we spending too long in bed and too much time moaning about being bored? Who is to blame for the rise in unemployment? Is Britain the hard-working country it used to be? Good morning, you're listening to Bone Idle with me, Amy Marie Thompson, on Siren 107.3 FM. I am on a mission to find out if Britain is on a downward spiral to a sorry state of slackery or if it is just in fact taking a nap. Fundamental issues such as the rise in unemployment, work ethics, education and cultural clashes, will Britain ever be the same again? To explore these issues, I will be speaking to a local businessman, someone personally affected by unemployment, a teenage single mum and of course some experts in the field. So pin back your look holes and brace yourself while this show challenges the very ways of Britain today and investigates crucial questions that need answers. Real questions, real answers, but I don't. With things like ready meals, remote controls and internet shopping readily available, are they all contributing to a dangerous, lazy and idle Britain? Has the nation fallen into a vicious circle of laziness? Dr Sarah Dauncey, Medical Director of Newfield Health, said, People need to get fitter. If we don't start to take control of this problem, a whole generation will become too unfit to perform even the most rudimentary of tasks. So what about unemployment? It's not shocking to announce that unemployment in Britain has reached an all-time high. The unemployment rate has risen to 8.4% with youth unemployment rising to 1.04 million according to The Guardian this year. So how is this personally affecting the youth of today? I'm live in the studio with Ricky Stafford to find out how the rise of unemployment has affected him and what he believes the future holds. Ricky is a 22 years old and currently taking part in an internship for the Labour Party in the East Midlands. After finding himself unemployed, I want to hear his story and hear his opinion on the matter. Hi, Ricky. Hi. So, Ricky, can you tell us your story? What actually did happen when you became employed? Uh, well, I graduated from university last year with a degree in politics and I've been unemployed ever since. Um, my degree, with my sort of degree, it's uh, it, it probably worked better in the public sector, but with cuts in that sector, it's uh, even harder to find work there. So, uh, what are you doing while you're struggling to find work? Well, you do what you can do. You you just you apply for as many jobs as you can, but uh, getting by on job seekers alone is a struggle. But uh, luckily, I have a family that helps me and uh, supports me. That's that's really good for you. Um, and what do you feel is the reason for the rise in unemployment in Britain today? Well, uh, obviously the uh, economic crash in 2008 contributed to this, but uh, what the Tory government is doing is not helpful at all. They're slashing, uh, they cut the Future Jobs Fund, they, uh, they're sacking people in the public sector and uh, private companies are just not, they're not doing very well because people have less money in their pockets to buy things and so the private sector is collapsing. Okay, so if you was in charge of this, uh, what changes would you propose that would make and would enable more jobs to become available for us in Britain? 
Um, well, I think the Labour Party is making strides in the direction of uh, investing in jobs. They they have a plan that would tax bankers' bonuses, and with that, they would invest in creating a hundred thousand jobs for young people. Okay, so but that you isn't personally. that isn't a very good plan at all. What would I personally do? invest in jobs you just have to spend more you have to get people into work the cutting uh, funding back for these opportunities is not going to do it yeah so there's a lot of talk of about britain getting lazy and it's just generally generally lazy um do you think the laziness of britain contributes to the rise in unemployment absolutely not i think that is just a smear by right-wing media and politicians to, in an attempt to blame the victims of, un- of unemployment as if it is their own fault there are no jobs there's about 10 people chasing every job more in some areas there's there's just no jobs it's not that people are lazy it, 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 to try and say that people are unemployed as a choice is is wrong okay so, very quickly, where do you think that Britain is, Britain is actually heading in terms of work? Oh, I, I think the, it's going the wrong way entirely. I mean, rather than try and get people into work, the government is trying to make it easier for people to be sacked. And there's, there's just complacency and there's no... I, I'm not very positive about it at all. OK. Well, um, a huge thank you to you, Ricky Stafford, for joining us in the studio today and telling us um, your point of view. Um, so it does really show that a rise in unemployment is truly getting out of hand, but who is to blame? Is the unemployment contributing to a lazy Britain? So why not let us know what you think at home? You can contact us by visiting our blog at boneidle.blogs.lincoln.ac.uk or email us in at boneidleradio at hotmail.com. But now, I went into Lincoln High Street to get some opinions from the public about their opinions on laziness, and here is exactly what they thought. Real questions, real answers, Bone Idol. I think Britain can be lazy. I think that Britain is quite lazy. Yeah, I think Britain's very lazy. Nobody wants to do anything. I think Britain is lazy. Yes, I think it is is quite lazy to an extent. Yep. (laughs) Too many fast food chains. I think that some people in Britain are lazy, but as a general, no. I think we don't work as hard as we should, but we always complain. I think that there are not enough jobs. If I was rich, I would definitely work. I'd get bored. I'd work part-time. You lose the value of money. Yeah, if I was rich, I'd work as well. I'd probably start up a restaurant or something like that. I'd still work if I was rich. Definitely. I'd get really bored. I wouldn't work. I would probably volunteer. I'd never work again. I wouldn't want to. I'd want to be somewhere on a beach. I think if I was rich, I'd definitely stop working. I mean, that's part of the problem. Is people make lots of money and they leave the industry and just exercise is really important. I do about four hours a week, I think. I think it's important just for your self-esteem, if not the health benefits, just for the sake of looking and feeling good. I think exercise is important. I try to do it, but it's a lot of effort, really, isn't it? Exercise is very important. I do not as much as I should do. Gym once, twice a week, but I work around my work. I don't do enough exercise, but it is really important. I should do more. You're listening to Siren Radio on 107.3 FM. And if you've just tuned in, I'm digging deep to find out if Britain is in fact getting bone idle. Joining with me live in the studio now this morning, we have reporter Rose Brosby, who went out to research into the government's plans to help young adults find work and seek out firsthand how we actually feel about this. So, Rose, tell us how... Um, what you found out? Well, at the end of 2011, the Workfare Programme was introduced by the government, which does seem to have caused some controversy across the country due to the requirement of needs to work on a replacement scheme. Now, let me just explain to you what NEETS is, because quite a lot of people don't know. Um, NEETS is a new term used by the government to describe 16 to 24-year-olds that are out of work and education. All right, so what does the scheme actually entail? 
OK, well, the scheme offers a work experience placement with an organisation or charity for two to eight weeks, but um, a lot of people are feeling that it might not be enough. Um, some people say it's a good start, you know, it's good that they're actually doing something about it. Other people are saying, well, I've already got lots of experience and I still can't get a job, so what, you know, what if I get if I do this? And it is... Um, you know, you don't get paid. You do still get your job secrets allowance, but it might not cover the cost of transport if you've got to go quite far away, and it's not in the field that you're actually looking for. So a lot of controversy across this, yes. Yeah, I can imagine the uproar of it. Uh, didn't you decide to investigate more into it? I did, because it affects many of our listeners today. It affects me and you, and more importantly, our friends and relatives. I decided to conduct a focus group around the situation in the East Midlands with a range of people to find out how they may have personally been affected themselves. There were um, Some of the findings that I got from this were... They did say, okay, you know, they're not doing enough. Um, We want more from our government. A lot of young people felt that they weren't listened to, but then a lot of the older people felt that the um, young people didn't make like voice their opinions more. Maybe if they voted more. Um, But basically, uh, the overall opinion was that it's a good start, but it might not be enough, and we're still not guaranteed a job after this. And people are really worried at the minute for their livelihoods, and you know, going to university. Can we get a job? Um, and it's just it's a big, massive worry at the minute, and a lot of people are really stressed about it. Yeah, well, it should be really interesting to hear their exact views on the topic. And um, if you want to listen to the focus group Rose Conducted, you can find it on our blog at boneidle.blogs.lincoln.ac.uk. And that was our reporter, Rose Brasby, live in the studio this morning, talking about government's plans to get neats back into the unemployment, unemployment and education. Real questions, real answers, no idol. Right, so moving on slightly, I want to talk about the work ethics within different generations and cultures. There has been a lot of uproar and controversy recently about exams getting easier, migrants coming to work in Britain and more. And I'm sure we've all heard the phrase back in my day far too many times in our childhood and are quite frankly sick to death of it. But shame to admit it, is it actually true? And is Britain in fact lazier than other countries? Well, you may have heard people talk negatively, negatively about migrant workers coming to the UK for work. Well, I spoke to Roger Welbury, who is a local businessman, to hear how hard his workers graft and to also gain more of an insight into his experienced opinions on different cultures at work. I went to Boston to talk to Roger Welbury, retired owner of Home Farm, a vegetable growing and food processing company. Do a lot of herbs as well. Roger Welbury at Curtin Home, businesses and food processing. He talked to me about employing workers from other countries and their differences between their work ethic and that of the British. A lot of the manual physical work is done by Polish or Lithuanians. The jobs are there for anybody, really, and we, we do advertise for... You know, when you advertise, you don't advertise for migrant workers or foreign workers or whatever. You just want workers. And we find the majority of um, applicants really are, are the migrant workers, if you like. Recently, we've employed several English workers. And I say we've got several now, regulars. But then the ones that we want to perhaps add, add on to the staff to go forward, they don't stick it. We put them on three-month trial. Everybody goes on three-month. I'm afraid to say, people that's come for the job, in a lot of the cases, haven't stopped because of the type of work. It is fairly, I suppose, monotonous, repetitive to some extent. And it's, it's physical, manual. You're not sat at the desk looking at the computer. You're actually chopping vegetables or washing and doing something. So perhaps they don't like that, some of them. But we find that the uh, migrant workers are which actually do stick at that. It's not altogether the English's fault. I think I blame 
lot of it on, to some extent, the education system. Because Blair said when he was in power, education, education, education three times. And it's all very well, I don't decry that. But it's all right having education, being academic or getting degrees. But you still need people to do physical work. And the work is there if they're prepared to do it. It's the work ethic. You see, when I left school, you were proud to work and you wanted to work. And now it seems though, if they can't get the job they want, they're quite happy to go on the benefits and wait for something. But you can wait a long while. I don't know whether it's actually bone idle or it, it is incentive drive. I think if they got the right job, they wouldn't be idle at work. If you compare an English worker with a migrant worker, it is the work ethic that they will actually go out and work and do what jobs you show them, and they're quite willing to do it. And there's three P's I look at. There's punctuality, politeness, and there's productivity. There's a potential opportunities there if you're prepared to knuckle down and do it. It doesn't just come to you. You've got to start somewhere. It's a start. As the supermarket got bigger and bigger, and you've got your five major, and they need services and buy big acreages of land, of vegetables, and big pack houses, there's actually labelling, packaging, and delivering, distribution of that food every day. And as they've built up and wanted more staff, then, of course, we went into Europe. The European migrant workers was free to come over here, and they've grown with the supermarket, really, in, in this business. We've needed people in the pack houses to do the work. And so where do you get that, that nucleus of, of that sort of worker? They wouldn't be there. In a way, the supermarkets couldn't do what they're doing unless we got the migrant workers to fill that big gap of, of labour. And now the English workers find out there isn't the work elsewhere with other employment. They're very reluctant to go into the pack houses. But because obviously the jobs, a lot of them, are filled by the migrant workers who were there initially and built it up for the business. So it's all the evolution of how things work, really. I can't see it changing in the near future, really. And that was local businessman Roger Welbury shedding some light on work ethics in different cultures. You're listening to Bone Idol on Siren 107.3 FM with me, Amy Marie Thompson. Don't forget you can let us know your opinion by visiting our blog, boneidol.blog.lincoln.ac.uk or email us in at boneidolradio at hotmail.com and tell us if you think that Britain is becoming Bone Idol. So, part of the problem with controversy around migrant workers and a lack of jobs could be down to stereotyping. But can the stereotypes be broken? Coming up, we have an exciting and innovative feature which challenges the very stereotypes of young single parents today around laziness. Peggy and Rachel are two women with very different lifestyles who, it may be argued, challenge the stereotypes of working women today. They recorded at their diaries for a whole week so I could compare their lives and challenge how busy they actually are. Real questions, real answers, fun night Easter Monday, 7.30am. Had guests over for Easter. They're leaving today. Shower, breakfast, strip the beds, wash bedding, dry bedding, clean bedrooms, remake beds. Ate too much over Easter, so just a slim shake for lunch. Hoover and dust bedrooms, watch TV, pizza, check, emails, bed. Tuesday, 7.40am, exercise, 20 minutes, breakfast, porridge, check, emails, coffee, meet friend, more coffee, shops, lunch, bacon sandwich, supermarket, 2.15pm, home, put shopping away, open post, cup of tea, online banking, hasn't been touched in over a week, so much to do, bank balance, paperwork, file, smoked haddock for supper, 9pm, sit down, watch TV, 11pm, bed, practice script for play, sleep. Wednesday, 8.20am, exercise, 20 minutes. Shake for breakfast, hoover in dust, tidy kitchen, Skype family in Oz, pop to shops. Lunch, wholemeal toast, banana, check emails, mostly jokes. 
practice script must be booked down for tonight's rehearsal. Bought slippers for Keith online. Wrapped presents for April birthdays. April is expensive, so many birthdays. 6.45pm, Cranwell rehearsal. 9.30pm, home. TV, 11pm, bed. Thursday, easy day today. 8am breakfast, slim shake. Dust, Hoover, prepare chicken for dinner, check emails regarding Monarch Festival I'm organising, recalculate individual charges for festival, lunch, coffee, pop to the shops, need more milk and the paper, read newspaper, do the Sudoku, back to script, learn words, make a list of things to do for the festival, update diary, tea, 6pm, rehearsal, 9.35pm, home, glass of wine, relax, bed, read book, sleep. Friday, 8.10am, breakfast, porridge, 20 minutes exercise, coffee, need to clean the cooker, yuck. Job done now, though. Check emails, start work on preparing classes for youth theatre for Monday evening, back to basics for new members, lunch, cappuccino, do the ironing, off to the club room, organise for Monday. Print out some bits for Monday, 6pm home, make lasagna, 8pm supper, red wine, well, it is Friday, 11pm, bed, read book, sleep. So that was Peggy, retired, yet still wanting to do something in life, which is really good to hear, because once you're retired, you could just chill out, relax, you think, oh, it's okay, but um, yeah, she still wants to carry on, do some work, go and help out the university, keeping busy, planning organisations, festivals, so she's done really well with her time after becoming retired, and still trying not to give in to being the bone idol British being lazy and um, so next up for us is Rachel and she is a single mother and here is exactly what she had to say during her diary entry this week Real questions Real answers Bone Idol Monday, 11am Spencer wakes up sort out his conjunctivitis breakfast tidy the house 12pm, a trip to the park. 2pm, home and hang the washing out and start dinner. 2.20, do the gardening. Spencer begs for chocolate. <laughs> Teach Spencer how to make tuna mayo. 3 o'clock, Spencer has a nap. More cleaning, play sims and then relax. 4.30, Spencer wakes up. His toys are everywhere. 5pm, tea time. T- Tuesday, 10am, wake up. 10.30, breakfast and get ready. 12pm, trip to Nottingham, Fountains. McDonald's, win an iPod docking station, get the bus home, go to the pharmacy to get prescription and eye drop, food shopping, relax for half an hour, sort out the washing, 9pm bedtime for Spencer, sort out Spencer's old toys for a charity shop, 10 o'clock dinner and TV and 11 o'clock bedtime. Wednesday, 9.30, wake up and have breakfast and watch TV. Get ready, go to the supermarket, buy salad box. 11.30, meet friends and have a picnic. Spencer and my friend's son play. 2 o'clock, Spencer naps. 4 o'clock, he wakes up and plays for a bit. 5pm, go to my stepdad's house for dinner and say goodbye to my friends. 6.30, bath, TV. Half past 7 is bedtime for Spencer. Then I tidy up, watch TV and bedtime. Thursday, 9am, get up, go to my mum's house for a shower, she just lives down the street. 9.30, mum watches Spencer while I have a shower, breakfast. 11am, go home and get ready for a college interview, buy Spencer some jelly sandals. (laughs) 12 o'clock, drop Spencer off at my mum's. 1 o'clock, get on the bus, browse the shops. 2.30, it's my college interview. 4.35, interview finished, got confirmed and I got a place. 
and I'm over the moon. 6pm, I go back home, wash the pots and sort the kitchen out. 7 o'clock, time for cuddles with Spencer, relax, and then bedtime for both of us. Friday, 8.30am, breakfast. 9am, get ready. 9.30, meet my sister and my two nieces. Take Amelia and my niece and Spencer to Mama's for lunch. Big kerfuffle with the push chairs. 2.30pm, leave Mama's with my other sister. 4pm, get a headache and go home. Start dinner, pasta with bacon and cheese. Eat dinner, paint exterior walls, improving the garden for summer. Spencer helped. 6pm, go to the supermarket, buy a Little Rascals on DVD. Watch the DVD. 7.30, Spencer goes to bed. I watch I Am Legend. And 9pm, I fall to sleep and wake up and go to bed. Siren, so as you can tell, very different diaries there and they most certainly challenge stereotypes and only propose more questions around the laziness of Britain. After hearing those diaries, however, I wasn't ready to leave the subject there, so I spoke to Peggy and Rachel personally to discuss their diaries and how they feel about laziness in Britain. Did you learn anything interesting about the way you live, which you didn't know about before? Yeah, it just made me see, like, how much my life does actually revolve around Spencer. I never realised it before because it's just second nature. It was actually quite a slow week for me. Normally, my diary is absolutely full, but I did find that I made the most of that week because I've learnt more lines and drank more coffee than I normally do. Your busiest weeks, what are they like? At the moment, we next week we have uh, a one-act festival coming up, so I've been organising it and we're down to the nitty-gritty now. All the scripts come to you and then you have to send them on to an adjudicator and everybody that's going to be visiting, uh, we need to know names, addresses and what meals they're going to want and where they're staying and all that sort of thing. So it is quite, in fact, there's no quite about it. It's very busy. Well, there are a lot of stereotypes about single mums, aren't there? Especially young single mums. What are these and what do you think about them? I think the worst stereotype is that we're lazy and we don't look after our children, which like, so untrue. I get one night off a fortnight, which I normally spend just doing home improvements rather than going out and getting drunk like everybody would expect me to do. And I don't. <laughs> I think that's the worst one that yeah. I've come across. Where do you think they're derived from? The minority of single mums. I mean, I do know mums that just go out on the lash all the time, but not most of them, so... Do you think people look at the bad examples rather than the good examples? Mm, They do on every stereotype. (laughs) What is your profession and what does this entail? I'm retired, so I'm not supposed to do anything, I believe. I'm supposed to put my feet up. I used to be an accountant and worked in Lincoln, but we came to live in Lincoln in 1997 after my husband had retired from the Air Force, and that's when I became interested in the university and got to know people and used my experience of acting and directing. It's good that you still want to keep going out there and keep working. Ah, yes. I mean, I'm 60. Well, I just want to keep going. And I don't really want to put on the slippers now and stay at home all day. Yeah, live your life to the full. Yes. (laughs) In your diary, you also mentioned that you've got a place at college, which is good. Uh, What is it you study? I'm going to study access to nursing. I didn't actually know what I wanted to do before I got pregnant, but after I had Spencer, I wanted to be a midwife. I thought it was quite magical. Yeah, it's a lot of inspiration to you then. (laughs) Oh, yeah, my midwife was amazing, so I'd love to be able to have that kind of impact on another young mum. So do you think that Britain is getting lazier with, with the rise in unemployment? I would imagine that it would be very easy 
to become lazier. I think today, I mean, we have the washing machines, we have tumble dryers, we have dishwashers. Now we can get in the car, we can go to Tesco's with freezers and fridges and everything else. We wouldn't have to go out of our house for maybe, I don't know, three weeks if we didn't want to. Has it made it easier? I think it's made it easier for us to be lazy and that's why we should fight against it. And I think it's important that these people that are may jobless should keep trying and keep going out. Do you think that has any influence on people getting lazy with jobs at all? I don't think people are lazy at jobs. I think what it is, is when you're on the dole, as we used to call it, the governments are giving too much money to the people so that sometimes they don't get the extra benefits if they go out to work. And I don't think it's laziness, I think it's work ethic. So you're a great contrast against the actual stereotypes. You are actually aspiring to be somebody and be somewhere. Well, I I think that's what spurs us on, actually. Most people go back to college. I know a lot of single mums who are in college, mainly just to fight back at that kind of system where people are saying, oh, you do nothing with your life, you're scratching off benefits. But we aim to do something with our lives so we can pay back in taxes the money that we've got whilst being single teenage mums. So if you go to university, how will you manage looking after Spencer then? Well, I guess that... Depends on which uni I go to, because if I went to Nottingham Trent, it'd probably make it easier, but I'd rather branch out further afield, because then we get our own independence, as well as, you know, me being able to say, we've done this on our own. But I'll probably end up finding a babysitter or something online, um, just to help me out if I have an evening lecture or anything. But he should be in school by then, so we'll probably be okay. Yeah, well, that's wonderful. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much, Peggy. Thank you. Thank you too, Spencer. <laughs> Want you know those chocolates? <laughs> Hope you enjoyed yourself. Ah, oh, he looks like he's enjoying it. <laughs> Starring 107.3 FM with me, Amy Marie Thompson. Now, that was Peggy and Rachel talking about what they have learnt after writing their diaries and how they feel on stereotypes focusing on laziness in Britain. Coming to an end of my show, unfortunately, and one hell of a show it's been... So, Bone Idol Britain, pure sleeping slackery or just a deluded dream? I think it's obvious that there are some issues with a rise in unemployment, stereotyping and cultural clashes in the workplace that do need addressing. From all the people we've spoken to and heard from today, there does seem to be a lot of confusion about where Britain is heading in terms of it becoming lazier. Personally, I feel that it is unfair to class Britain as a whole as lazy. I think it is more correct to say that Britain is just unfortunately lacking in a drive and self-motivation to go places in life, which is disappointing compared to how we used to be. I think we all need to be just induced with a bit of ambition. Real Real questions, questions, real answers, Bone Idol. So don't forget you can listen to extended footage, more interviews, behind the scenes, talk to the team and ask questions at boneidol.blogs lincoln.ac.uk and even let us know your opinion at boneidolradio at hotmail.com Thank you for listening, this has been Bone Idol on Siren 107.3 FM with me, Amy Marie Thompson and here is a song to send us out with a bang this is Alex Clare with Too Close <laughs>